The information contained in this podcast is provided for your general information only. It does not give medical advice or engage in the practice of medicine. This massage podcast under no circumstances recommends particular treatment for specific individuals and in all cases recommends that you consult your physician or local treatment center before pursuing any course of treatment. Hello and welcome to the Massage Podcast, episode 23. Today is July 21st, 2011. We're here in Boulder, Colorado, and it is a beautiful day and the waters are raging and people are being hurt. Yeah. (laughs) So we are a podcast all about massage, as our Massage Podcast says. You can find us at massagepodcast.com. And if you'd like to contact us, we have a contact page there. You can also text messages or leave us a voicemail at 303-656-9860. Come chat with us live during, come chat with us during live recordings and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're very lucky today. We have a guest here to talk about Reiki. Her name is Donna Hittinger. She's been doing massage and Reiki for approximately 11 years now. She's teaching at the Boulder College of Massage Therapy. And she is here to tell us all about Reiki. And first, we want to know the big question we ask all our guests is, what got you started into massage and Reiki? Well, um, let's see. I was working in the corporate world for 20 plus years Mm. and um, I was feeling pretty burned out and um, working lots of hours and just one day decided I needed something better. And it took me about a year or so to really decide to go into massage. Um, I took some time and spent with my um, daughter and grandkids. And during that time, just kind of um, explored myself and learned about myself. And one day I got up and I said, yep, I think I want to go to massage school. And shortly after I was in massage school, I found a flyer about Reiki and just um, took the class and um, kept learning and training. And and now I'm teaching Reiki, which I love. Mm -hmm. So it gave you the idea to, what was your first exposure to massage? A very good friend of mine from uh, fourth grade, she had her own um, salon once she got older and she went into massage therapy probably in the late 70s and everybody thought oh my gosh why are you doing that and she for years tried to get me on the table and I fought it which once I got on the table I was like I'm a crazy girl for fighting that for so long but Mm -hmm. and I fell in love right then and there Mm -hmm. and that was also the connection when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my life when I realized it was massage I'm like dang I can't believe it took me so long to figure that out what about Reiki did you have a powerful moment with that and what brought you that way? You know, I didn't. I saw the flyer and um, it just sounded so interesting. And I thought, what a great thing to add to my um, toolbox at the time. But once I took that first class, um, I was blown away. So um, then that made me continue to um, learn more about it. I know. I wish I I could take class. Taking classes is so powerful. It's so much fun. And that's what keeps us from burning out. Right. If I had unlimited funds, I'd probably be in every class all the time, just taking classes and not even doing body work anymore, just taking classes. Mm-hmm. Be a student for the rest of your life. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's it's just so of, fun. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, in yeah. our field would love that. Yeah. 
Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. There's so many classes that come out and new ones all the time. And um, I myself, when I was in school, was just, you know, taking all these classes and, and traveling to take the classes. But I, I would have to say that truly um, there's a lot of classes that I've took and um, I barely use those modalities and the techniques that I learned. But with Reiki, I use it every session that I do. Mm-hmm. So I had a client the other day ask me, what what is Reiki? And I you know, the, the word floats around as a massage therapist we, we, therapist, we hear it all the time. And I really have never taken the time to find out what exactly it is. So maybe you can tell us, hopefully in words that make sense, <laughs> what exactly Reiki is and why people use it. Hmm. Well, um, the Reiki stands for Universal Energy Life Force, which is obviously all around all of us. And what um, the actual practice of Reiki is, is it trains you on how to channel that energy into your client. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a very powerful um, modality and um, there is no um, contraindications with it. And um, it's very relaxing for the client and it really actually powers the client to um, heal themselves. And it's a Japanese origin, right? It is Japanese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The word Reiki is Japanese, yes. I, I figured. Is, it, is there a particular, what, master who developed the system? Um, actually, um, it was Makaya Yusui who was the one who really developed it and brought it to um, the protocol that it really is right now. Did he bring it to the States? or No. To the, um, um, Hawaii Takata brought it to the States, and she was the first woman that was ever um, attuned into the master level. Mm. And when she did bring it to the States, it was the early 30s. So, yeah. around a while. Yeah, there was a lot going on then. And she is a Japanese-Hawaiian woman, Mm -hmm. and she brought it to Hawaii. But at the time, um, they couldn't advertise Reiki because everybody back there then at that time thought it was like, ooh, Really in Hawaii? Yeah. And (laughs) so they had to hide the sign and they just said spa services. And um, But um, it did start in Japan and they opened, um, one of the masters opened a clinic there and worked on everybody just to um, really see how the healing was going to work with people from um, leprosy mm-hmm. to um, headaches. So, um, and it was very profound. What, uh, what are your favorite um, problems do you like to use Reiki for? What, what do you see? Do you, is there any one issue that you see profound results with in Reiki? No, not really. I think um, the the thing that I like the most about Reiki is introducing somebody to it. So um, somebody who's coming in for uh, a healing treatment, um, massage therapy, any body work. And if I mention to them that I would like to do some Reiki on them and explain it to them because you for Reiki, you never want to just perform that with somebody without them knowing because it's important for them to be open to the healing since you are just channeling that energy. Mm. And so if they're ready for it and are accepting to it, I'll work on them. And usually after the session, they're they're amazed. They're like, that's the best session I ever had. I've never felt that relaxed. I've never felt, I don't feel, I've never felt as good as I feel right now. Mm. So, um, 
That's my favorite. But teaching Reiki, my favorite is with children because children already have that innate ability to feel the energy around them. Mm -hmm. So they're very accepting to it. And they have a lot of fun if they fall and get an owie and teach them how to just lay their hands on their owie and make it better. And they feel it healing under their hands. And so um, that's my favorite because kids just get really um, excited about it and um, and they're very accepting to it. Now, that would be something to get a Reiki treatment from a kid. Yeah. How yeah. fun, how powerful would yeah, that be? Yeah, I never thought about that. that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I've seen, I've seen two extremes on reactions from Reiki. People have either said, it's amazing, it's, I don't have migraines anymore, or it, it killed my migraine right away. Other people are like, you know what, I felt so yucky afterwards. And there doesn't seem to be a middle ground. People either love it, how they feel afterwards, or they hate it. Hmm. And what do, you, what do you think that is, the people who are hating it? You know, um, I would have to say that's with anybody work, you know, a lot of times people come in and um, they they want a massage and they get a massage and they feel worse afterwards. I think it's because that person isn't ready for Mm -hmm. the healing that's actually happening. What you were just saying before, Mm -hmm. if if you disallow a healing that's coming your way, you could really... yeah. like it intensifies what you've got going on in your body. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it, all of your energy that could have had the opportunity to disperse is now concentrated. Mm. I mean, that's how I see it because the little I know of Reiki is that it's it sets you up so that you, the practitioner, the energy around the room, the in the elect- electromagnetic field, to put it in you know more scientific terms, everything is energy. And if you set up the room and the client is open, you the way they put their hands, you know, it just sets you up to be open to the exchange of energy. And if you're constricted by it or you don't want to believe in it or you have a lot of negative thoughts or if the practitioners have, I guess, have not properly trained or is, is having negative thoughts or can't really channel that, I can imagine that it could be a bad session like that feeling of yuckiness mm-hmm. comes over you. Am I... You know, I feel like Reiki sets up a radiant space for you to work. And that's why you probably start every session like that, because it's a nice place. It's like when you center yourself. You see how to change the environment around the table, around the client. The aura expands. And then when you go to work, it's a lot easier to get through. Would you agree with that? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a great book I have, Reiki for Abundance, and I forgot who wrote that. It uh, just so happened. My favorite, <laughs> favorite book. I it's have this amazing. to my night sign. In fact, the uh, exercises I found in this book are so powerful that I find myself doing an exercise and going back to it a month later. Mm-hmm. And that's how, mm-hmm. yeah, it, I love how she brings up the negative thoughts of abundance, money, whatever it is. Our abundance and good things mm-hmm. that we have a lot of blocks in that, and I like how she talks about Reiki being a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. can you talk more about that Reiki lifestyle yeah, yeah. and how what it's is how does that work? And, yeah, and how does it? Well, and maybe what um, you tell clients to help them after the session take home with them. Sure. Well, that book just mentioned about that book. This is probably about the fourth time I'm going through it, yeah. and mm-hmm. periodically through my life, I'll just pick it up and say, mm, "Yeah, I'm ready to, you know, do that." Um, as a lifestyle, um, I try to incorporate Reiki into um, every day. So whether that's I try to do, you know. Um, 
Reiki every morning on myself. That's one of the first things I teach my students is self-care with Reiki. It's so important. Um, for some reason, I always forget it when I'm sick or really need it, but I try to try to do it every day. And then there's um, five principles that the Reiki practice pretty much goes about, and I try to remember them as I can each day. But I try to tell my clients that for them to just be open and try to always be thinking on a positive note when anything's happening in their life and just to it's try hard. to, it's very hard. Mm -hmm. It's very hard. And you know, as you're outside and about, I mean, anybody's going to just be picking up negative energy in it's in the atmosphere. You know, there's um, negative things that are going around. So it's hard, but to try to, you know, every night before you go to bed, you know, kind of ground yourself and, mm -hmm. and bring that peace and that comfort back into yourself. And, and hopefully the next day you'll get up and and be able to, you know, find those positive things and everything that happens in your life. So it's a lifestyle. It mm -hmm. is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. let's like, you know, just to, just briefly, I'm curious, like on a, on a global level, it seems like a lot of things are accelerating. Do you, do you find that or is there anything special you're seeing happening in the world right now as, you know, as energetically? Apparently the magnetic poles have shifted, started to shift a little bit. Does that affect things or I don't know? Raging waters just feels... I think environmentally, um, there's so many things that are that are changing that it's affecting people. Mm -hmm. And with the the world itself, you know, the earth itself, I should say, you know, um, coming to an upright position on its axis, mm -hmm. um, Atlas, um, then... Um, I think that that's affecting everybody. Mm -hmm. It's affecting the galaxy and it's affecting everybody um, and how things are happening in their lives. Mm -hmm. I do believe that um, more extreme things are happening throughout the, the world. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. So now I know I've read, uh, when I read about Reiki, it says the first class is about kind of opening those channels. Can you explain that a little mm -hmm. bit? Each class, um, there are four levels and um, each class, there's attunements that happen. That's the one thing different about Reiki than a lot of modalities. Not only will you be taught, um, you know, a protocol on how to um, give a Reiki session um, to somebody or to yourself, you also will have an attunement. And what that basically does is open up those channels um, and bring your vibratory level up higher too, so that you're able to receive and feel that energy um, more than the normal person who has not had an attunement. How does an attunement work? Yeah. Does How somebody do, do that to you? Or? Yeah, a master, um, which is me, um, <laughs> <laughs> I would perform the attunement. And it's basically um, some symbols that are involved um, over the um, crown chakra. So it's a little bit of Reiki and symbols that are happening to open up those those um, channels. Mm. Wow. And um, I, it's it sounds... Um, it sounds quirky, you know, but um, the after the first attunement, people, um, most of the students leave. They um, their smell is heightened, their sight is heightened, their hearing is heightened, mm. 
everything, their intuition. Um, I have students, I always make sure that they have my contact and try to keep in contact with them for, um, there's a 21 day cleansing process after each attunement. Mm. And so I try to take, um, keep in touch with them because I want to hear what's going on because so it's always junk fascinating. junk is coming out <laughs> emotionally? And, Sometimes yeah. junk is coming out um, or, you know, heightened some awareness. heightened awareness. Sometimes somebody will wake or... up and say, yes, yeah. yes, that's, that's one of great. the parts of the classes uh-huh. that they, I let them go off and wander um, hopefully outside and usually at all my classes I, they've had the opportunity to do that and to journal for about 20 minutes after their attunement because mm-hmm. at that moment everything is so heightened and um, and they're so open mm-hmm. and vulnerable so yeah. um, I have my journal for my first attunement um, back in 2000 and I go back and read that and sometimes it, it brings tears to my eyes it's like wow that was an incredibly beautiful moment. You were about to say some people wake up and wake up and um, they'll be like, Oh boy, I better call my sister and they'll Mm. call their sister and, and they'll, there'll be a reason why they needed to make that phone call, Mm -hmm. but they made it maybe, you know, a half an hour earlier than probably they would have been contacted that something was happening. Mm -hmm. So, so during the classes, you obviously talk about ways to protect yourself. You mean energetically? Yeah. Well, um, and this is the other thing that everybody's a little confused with, with Reiki is you're not giving your energy to anybody Mm -hmm. and you're not taking in their energy. So that's very protective on both ends um, is all you're really doing is being a vessel to um, stream the energy from the universe into that individual. Mm. And so, Um, and then the energy does what it needs to for healing. Exactly. Is that what happens? For whatever that person's really open to. Okay. Like um, Elaine was saying earlier, sometimes if they're, if it gets to a point that, you know, or an area in their body that maybe something from birth, they might not be ready to really let that heal yet. Oh, okay. So, um, so the energy could just go around that area and keep mm-hmm. on going through their body. Yeah. She just described the definition of mediumship. Yeah. It's not like you're giving or right. really receiving. You're part of mm-hmm. yeah. this energetic exchange that's going on, but it's not coming from you or them, but it's, you know. That's where healing takes place. So we do have to respect those uh, that you need some training to be able to do that properly. Some people, they throw their energy around and they get into trouble. Mm-hmm. So you were at level one with the attunement and then mm-hmm. the, they journal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's four levels, right? Four levels, correct. And then there's level two. And uh, level two is when um, they're introduced to the symbols. And the symbols just um, heighten everything that they've already learned and do. And the symbols could be um, drawn on an individual. They can be drawn on yourself. They can be drawn on your hands. Um, and I mean drawn when I say drawn with your finger. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be with a pencil or a pen or anything. Or anything. Tattooed yeah. on your yeah. butt. <laughs> exactly. Um, I... I'm a um, performer, so I sing, and I still have stage fright a lot when I um, get up in front of an audience. But what I try to do myself is get on stage before anybody's in the arena or auditorium where I'm going to be performing, and I um, place Reiki symbols all around the room so that I know at that point in time I'll be okay and feel safe and comfortable to get up there. But so the second attunement, um, uh, we teach students how to um, incorporate these symbols. And with that, they're also able to do distant healing. 
So that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. So if they have um, an ill parent that's mm-hmm. maybe out of state or a friend or or just um, wanting to get together, I belong um, to the Reiki Association. And a lot of times when um, um, catastrophes happen, mm-hmm. they'll summon everybody to come together at one specific time so that everybody's doing Reiki for, you know, um, the people um, in um, surviving from the earthquakes and that sort of thing. And it's wow. very powerful. That's great. Yeah, I've heard some really interesting stories about healing from a distance. And I think that's, it's really great because I know them to be true and they're just really fascinating. Mm-hmm. So uh, what has to happen with that is, you know, you have to let the person know as it was when my mom was sick, I just said to her mom, every night when you go to bed, which I knew exactly or approximately what time that was Mm -hmm. and what time it would be for me, I would send her Reiki. And um, she said every night she was just able to fall asleep so, so easily. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was because at that time, that's when I was sending that Reiki to her. So certainly, yeah, because she was open to it. She was open to it. She knew it was coming. She could receive it. Yeah. yeah, that's really. Where, where are these? Uh, how many symbols are there? Um, there what, are is, they Japanese symbols. Five, Jap- I think. There's right? Japanese symbols. Um, no, let me see. The and they'll be introduced to three. There's some books out there that come up with like like eighteen symbols, but mm-hmm. there's three major symbols that are used, mm-hmm. um, and one specifically for that distant healing. And do those symbols represent words or phrases? No. Um, it's part of the history of Reiki. And um, when um, Dr. Yusui was trying to, his whole purpose was he was in um, a um, ministry. Is that how you say that? Right? Mm-hmm. Where the priests are. And yeah. um, his students would ask him all the time, um, you know, how, how did Jesus, how was he able to really heal these people? And he felt like he didn't have the answer for them. So he went on this um, retreat and just went up into the mountains in um, Japan, a very famous, you know, um, spiritual mountain. And he spent time up there thinking that if he just, you know, um, meditated on this, it was going to eventually come to him. And that was, of course, after a long time of him trying to figure this out. But at that time, anyhow, he was, he felt this light go through his head and those symbols were there for him. And they were, they're the three main ones that are used um, throughout any uh, Reiki practice that's out there. I wonder what answers that gave him then to bring back to his students. Well, he just knew that he was able to heal and he knew how to heal at that point in time because he knew that he would be able to channel the energy that is around all of us and Mm -hmm. has been out there forever. Right. So he may have just realized it's the light. Mm-hmm. Very simple as that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, exchanging and being in the light with mm-hmm. somebody. Any profound instances of healing that you can share with us that you've witnessed? Well, one of, I guess, the, the biggest experiences for me is my grandson being attention deficit disorder, hypertension. Working on him was amazing because at the time he was young, he was six years old, and he was really um, uh, accepting of it and really understood it. And, and he loved it. And uh, after a Reiki session for him, um, he would be calm and um, a nice young little man <laughs> for several days. 
And he would always ask me, do that, do that light stuff that you do on me. Mm-hmm. He saw so the light. He saw the light, mm-hmm. yeah. And it got more focused as well? Was he able to concentrate more? He and- could, um, when I was working on him, even if I was just at his head and directing the energy, let's say to his knees, he could feel exactly where I was going. So um, that was kind of, that was really cool. How does he know? Um, he's a teenager. <laughs> oh, that's a, you have to go back and do some more now. <laughs> yeah, a teenager. He's yeah, but his schedule, and my schedule don't match. Uh-huh. So <laughs> tough times yeah. being a teenager. But it would be interesting to see how it would affect the hormones. I'm sure it would, and benefit that you know the hormone explosion that we go through in, as teens. It's a tough time. It's a tough time. Yeah. And uh, but hopefully you he, he's still open to it. Oh, absolutely. But he's doing his own thing like teenagers do. Now, are your classes continuing education classes at Boulder or or is that part of the curriculum now? They're continuing it. It is. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. So we can hop on a weekend class and anybody can take it. And actually, um, there is a weekend class coming up. I believe it's August 27th and 28th. That should be a Saturday and Sunday. Mm And the other thing about Reiki is there are no prerequisites. Mm-hmm. So lay so people can, can take lay it. people yeah. can go. And I've had a lot of lay people that's in my wonderful. classes. Yeah, I think it's that's great. great. Yeah, that they can, you know, learn to heal themselves and, you know, to learn about energy. And to um, a lot of lay people come because either their spouse or their, like I said, their parent or they have a child that that needs some extra healing. And um, as, as we all know, um, every little bit helps. So. Yeah. What do you think about this term or this group of kids called indigo kids, indigo children? What do you think about that? I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, cause I, I thought at the time my grandson was an indigo child. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, I, I think, I don't know. I think it's interesting. <laughs> you know, She's I, playing it safe. <laughs> I know. Well, I can tell yeah. you from experience, I uh, was at the zoo with a friend of mine one day and I was under extreme amounts of grief and stress at the time. And this happened t- two times in the same day where I, I went to the bathroom. And as I came out of the stall, this little girl was running up to me to give me a big hug. And her mom's like screamed at her not to hug me, which was a bummer. So I was kind of bummed that I didn't get a big hug from a strange child. So I went out of the bathroom and I sat down on the bench with my friend and this little kid came up out of nowhere behind me and gave me a big hug. So I got my hug and it was just the oddest thing to me. It was like, if there was ever a moment I needed a hug from somebody, children it was then. Know. I know. It, it was they amazing. And not just, I don't think just indigo children. I think all, ch- many children. Many children. Yeah. Are, I was, you were, <laughs> were probably, you know, able to do incredible things at six and to about 12 years old. Uh, until the Catholics got a hold of me and beat that out of me. Yeah. The- you know, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that nonsense, we will not have any of it. Um, you know, you're able to see the aura so easily. I even saw colors when I was a child. Um, and and you could float around your room at will. I mean, you could do a lot of more things with energy when you're, before you get inundated with reality of paying bills and, you know, just caught up in life stuff. So these classes, as well as, you know, all the classes in healing and, and body work, Uh, But particularly the energetic classes, the energy healing classes, the spirituality classes, uh, these are the ones where the the real, to me, to my way of thinking, the cells can heal, you Mm -hmm. know, the cells and real microscopic and beyond that and quantum healing Mm -hmm. and all of this that we're just starting to get a glimpse of now. Uh, So to me, when when I think about Reiki, I think 
it's one of the it's one of the energy healing um, techniques. I'm glad to see it's been around this country for so long, but sorry that it had to go underground as well. But you know, here it is, and it's available, and and so we're up to level two, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so I can't wait to hear about level three. Are they <laughs> still I, journaling through this? Do you encourage your yes. students to journal? Mm-hmm. I yeah, I think that's them important. To have a, a separate Reiki journal, mm-hmm. so that because um, some students may want to journal longer than others, but definitely through that twenty-one. Um, cleansing day cleansing right. phase and how many have, hours of training are we at at level two which how many hours are in each training level right now the class that i have at the boulder college massage therapy is a weekend class so it's 16 hours and that will be level one and two 16 hours yeah that's so one weekend you get level one and two one and two oh, exactly okay. that's great that yeah. saves <laughs> yeah yeah that's mm-hmm. the other thing one you know, less thing uh if you uh, you can study for years and years and years but to pick up a technique this powerful in a short amount of time is great. And do you find that that massage therapists and body workers tend to do better than lay people because, or does it almost get in their no, way? No. Sometimes knowing less is maybe an advantage with this. Maybe an advantage or um, a lot of lay people that come to the classes always, not always, but most of the time will come in and say, I've always been able to heal through my hands. They just have this innate Mm -hmm. um, knowledge of of the universal energy life force that we all have. And um, so by attuning them, then they're just off and running. Wow. They're, they do very, very well. They just needed that tool or they that just needed symbol that tool. or something to hold on to. Right. Wow, that's great. And a lot of times it encourages them at that point in time when they realize that now they are really healing, mm-hmm. then they do go further into the healing arts um, industry, whether they go to massage therapy or um, acupuncture or something like that, but it seems like it just takes them to that next level. Wow, of course, yeah. But I wanted to mention too, um, not only with kids, the um, other beings that really are receptive to this are, are pets. Pets are really receptive to Reiki. <laughs> I had a um, friend that her cat fell out of a window and they weren't sure it was happening. And for some reason, they didn't take her to the vet. They were just kind of letting her heal on her own. And they said, you know, she hadn't gotten up in a week to eat. She just kind of like laid there. So they were bringing the bowl over to her. Mm-hmm. And I did, oh, geez, I want to say maybe five minutes of Reiki with her um, the first night. And the thing about pets is when she was done, when she felt like she had enough that she could take, she did get up and move. But my friend was like, oh my gosh, she hasn't gotten up for, you know, days. <laughs> and so that was that was pretty fascinating. But because they, they know it, they understand it. So they're so very um, receptive to it. Right. I think cats are little Reiki masters anyway themselves. <laughs> but, you know, whenever I'm sick, my cat will sit on my chest for, oh, yeah, absolutely. for about an hour. And the purring of a cat is very healing, that vibration. Mm-hmm. It's, like yeah. he's a, it's like he's pulling it out and sending it out. Mm-hmm. It's right. great. So then yeah. they go on to... Okay, so... Um, um, they go journal for a while. So you would space your classes probably, wouldn't you, to have give them time to process? Mm-hmm. Do four, four, level four all in one weekend would be too much, right? Well, way too much, yeah. Okay. Actually, one in to um, there's some controversy out there about it. Um, a lot of times, people like 30 days in between each mm-hmm. each um, class and yeah, attunement. Yeah, I've heard that. Is. Yeah, um, but definitely between two and three, you want some time because in three is a, a master level, and it's more. Um, 
um, more self-care stuff. And then mm-hmm. it's just a little deeper into the um, um, healing process, more um, talking with the client and having them be more verbal about what's going on inside them. So it's um, it's a little bit more um, intense and the healing process is is much more intense itself too. So there, there's verb, you talk. You talk, they yeah. T- they like, talk and you, what, what do you do? Um, sort of well, you ask them, you facilitate, you facilitate it. it. Yeah, cool. you ask them, what are you feeling? You know, um, so you kind and, of drive it out of them. Mm-hmm, what bit. does it look like? And wow. if you could touch it, what would it feel like? So you try to get all their senses involved in in identifying it. And right. then um, you use some Reiki to um, pretty much extract it from them. Dispel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're part of it. That's the thing uh-huh. about Reiki. It's it's just not you healing them. Doing to them. Yeah, right? it's exactly. It's a partnership. You're both working together to, mm-hmm. to make whatever healing process happen for them at that time. Well, before you even talk about four, I want you to assure that we'll set up an appointment together. <laughs> deal with some things going on absolutely yeah, mm-hmm. I'm ready i am i am very open and i am very ready and i'm exploring all kinds of things all the time we all are uh try and bring things out on this show and just share with our students all the time you know uh to keep them open because for every student uh there's a a different modality would you say that that will stick to you mm-hmm. that's why we study so many things to see you know when you studied reiki for the first time it was like you knew you just knew, and all of us know, uh, you know, the path when we see it. So then this level three go on, you leave a little time in between, and then exactly level three and, level and four, four is where uh, people float away into the universe, <laughs> just kind of um, disintegrate into a ball of energy. And <laughs> level four nice. is um, basically um, at that point in time, they're at a master level. And so then they'll be attuned to and taught how to do the attunements oh, okay. and learn how to teach and attune other individuals. Wow. So then they become teachers and they spread the word and mm-hmm. on and on it goes. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. And before it was brought to the United States, there was maybe five masters possibly. Mm-hmm. And then once it was brought to the States by Hawaii Takata and um, she just started uh, attuning people and um, she thought it was more important to have more Reiki masters out there healing people than keeping it a secret. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I first got into it, everybody would say, well, who's your master? Because there were so few masters way back when everybody thought that they would know who your master was. Mm-hmm. But now there's lots. And so, which is a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful thing. But, you know, it also gave Reiki kind of a bad rap because people say, oh, you take, uh, you know, so it's so few hours to become a master. That can't be, you know, what can that be? But again, the closed mindedness uh, of that statement is just. It's ridiculous because um, you get attuned and you get attuned. You get in touch with something that you already have. Exactly. And, you know, so it's like a lot of things. It has to be brought out in us and we have to learn about it. Right. Are, are there any bad Reiki people out there? Like <laughs> this is the dark, doing the dark lords? <laughs> no. The dark lords of Reiki? There's, um, <laughs> there's nothing bad that, that can happen with it, you Good. know, because, again, it's... it's um, it's the energy that's around all of us. So there's not in us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, good. It's not, there's no bad. That's great. And you yeah. know, again, people can say, you know, there's a lot of people who do believe that, 
from way back when, mm-hmm. you know, um, including the old Italian evil eye, you know. Oh, that, sure. Uh, Malik. So, yeah. Which is very powerful, says, by the way, the evil is. eye. It my is grandfather, <laughs> My grandfather in Brooklyn, <clears throat> okay, people used to bring him the clothes of someone who was sick and he would take the evil eye off it and they would feel better. Oh, oh yeah. how did he take it off? Oh, yeah. just, I don't know. I wasn't around then, you know. But he would just mm-hmm. say prayers over it and, and take the yeah. bad energy, the bad juju from their clothing, from their essence, in other words. You know, yeah. an article that belonged to them or clothing. They'd leave it on his door, in front of his door, and he would bless it and they'd come pick it up and the person would feel better a lot of the time. So Yeah, you know, the other day out of the blue, I was just sitting at a stop sign and I think, I don't know what was happening. The guy was, who knows, this motorcycle guy drove by me and called me a mean name. And the way he screamed it and said it to me, like, I, I felt it in my body. My mm-hmm. stomach just went, <laughs> you know, okay. I felt like he just pushed so much negative energy my way. I could feel it. Yes. You could feel it because you're receptive, you're a receptive vessel, you see. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing about that. A lot of people, if they could just learn that, and this starts the road rage thing, you know, yes. just one simple, somebody gets mad at you and then you, it, you if you take it. If you accept there and choose to accept it, yeah, then it will get on you. But you can block it too, and so so you know it's important to learn how to to block that flow or to interpret it in a way that doesn't belong to you. It's not mm-hmm. really a part of you. And I tell that to students a lot in general, so that they don't go home with their clients' headache, right. and sciatica, mm-hmm. and another right. problem. Because we are empaths, you know, and we do we're very receptive to feeling, which helps us in our work. But it can be a little bit daunting in our day-to-day lives to be that receptive. So mm-hmm. you got to put up a little bit of a a, a, a block yeah. when negative energy comes your way. Sure. Well, I have had clients that um, absolutely said they did not want to have any energy work. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually had a, um, a gentleman when I worked in Aurora that said... Um, it was against his religion. And I really didn't know how to interpret that, but I definitely honored it, um, That's which, was, That's which was hard for me because, yeah. like yeah, I said, I just have that naturally happening when I'm touching people. Mm-hmm. So um, I did have to do a very big protection before those sessions so that I would make sure that I wasn't giving him any energy whatsoever because wow. he was not comfortable with that. Right. And yet... Um Reiki, I mean, you have to honor that all the energy work has a spiritual value, that it has, that it is in spirit or that the energy is coming from whatever you might believe in a higher power or um, a tree or, you know, the energy from the universe. As you said, this is what Reiki means, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the, the word? Yeah. How you put it? Universal energy. Universal life force. energy. Life force. Life force which is healing, which is death, which is life, which is everything, a sickness, wellness. And then it's just a matter of laying it there and making it available. Just, it's really a powerful resource though. And, you know, I I would have, wouldn't have said any of this maybe 15 years ago Mm. when I first got here to Boulder, I was like, these folks are a bunch of space cadet, woo woo, you know, all that myself. I I don't know. I think you did a, uh, kind of an introduction of yourself yeah. at some point, but you, I remember you saying, I kind of came into this bubble here in, yeah. <laughs> from New York. The Boulder bubble. Boulder bubble. And it took me a while to be open enough and I think smart enough actually to, um, to believe in everything 
because who, what the heck do I know? You know, I think your limited beliefs really make you a limited practitioner. That's mm-hmm. just my view of it now. Mm-hmm. How do you think uh, polarity is an interesting energy work too? As uh, what do you what are the differences between those two? Obviously, attunements. And do you find that to be a, a lot of the same type of work? No, no. not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, um, Reiki's more channeling. Yeah. Um, polarity's more, um, what'd you say, Elaine? Like more of a, a hands-on. Yeah, it can be very physical yeah. polarity. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have techniques and mm-hmm. it's very, um, I would say, scripted as opposed to the softer healing energies where you may have a symbol or three or, you know, and a practice, but it's more getting to that space. Now there's a part of that in polarity and, and a lot of the, um, the more what the way some people would call esoteric practices, but polarity definitely has a very hands-on mm-hmm. uh, aspect to it. What uh, Reiki can be used for just anything, anything. Absolutely anything. Anything. Right. And I think like all of the um, energetic modalities have a little bit of Reiki in them, Mm -hmm. like um, comfort touch, you know, not that that's an energy um, modality, but it's very light. And um, I believe that that it's healing touch. Mm -hmm. So it definitely has healing touch. Yeah, it definitely has a Reiki component to it. But Reiki, you because you can do distant healing, um, you can do Reiki ten inches off of somebody's body. I was um, going to say that. Yeah, you since don't we're have talking to about necessarily touching. touch. Yeah, right. but you do some touching as well. It, it really depends on the individual. It depends on you know um, how they're um, channeling that energy. If I feel like I can be far off of them, or I need to be really close, and then if it's somebody who's just had surgery and has an incision. Um, I worked on a gentleman um, that just came out of the hospital with um, a brain tumor that was removed. So he had staples in his head and um, I worked off of his head, but then was able within days just to come much closer. Yeah. So that's the thing about it is um, you can work on somebody that, you know, just had a car accident if you're driving down the street and see that and want to jump in and um, do some healing energy work. Right. So you can work all the way through, acute through chronic. Yep. Yeah. I have a question for you, Donna. So now that you mentioned that client who was not that comfortable with this uh, energy healing, how do you market so you don't scare people who might be really skeptical, but they might enjoy your work as a body worker. So I'm, I'm wondering what kind of advice can, can you give to people out there who might be drawn into these type of modalities like Reiki, but at the same time, they're not scaring, you know, potential, potential clients uh, from, because they just are not comfortable enough with this type of energy. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Reiki, as I mentioned earlier, you always want to make sure that the client is ready for to have that type of treatment. So um, I advertise that I'm a Reiki um, practitioner and master on my cards. And a lot of times people will always ask the question, what is Reiki? And so by explaining it to them, either they'll be like, oh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think I'm ready for that today. But as working as a body worker with them, as they continue to um, come to see me, I'll then encourage them if something different's happening in their life. Well, why don't you try it this time and just, 
you know, see how it feels and we'll just do a little bit. How about if we just do it, you know, on this part to just see what happens. And, um, and usually they're receptive by it because, um, I explained to them that they're going to feel very relaxed and in this day and age, everybody's mm-hmm. dying for, you know, that minute or three minutes of total relaxation. So, or an hour. Or an hour, exactly. <laughs> or, as you or say, two. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the day or the week. Exactly. It, you know, it does have lasting effects. On, the cells aren't just going to change the minute they leave the office. You're still going to have that, you know, brightened light here and there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's the other thing about the attunements is they are forever. Um, if somebody's attuned and then decides, you know, I'm, I'm just not ready to try to introduce this to anybody. Mm-hmm. And 10 years later, um, their spouse becomes very, very ill and they think, hmm, maybe I'll try that Reiki. It's there. Wow. They, ju- they just have to go in and, and activate it and work with it. Wow. What a great resource, though. It's an amazing resource. Yeah. We like to have a tip of the week for our listeners, and um, we would like you to share your wisdom and maybe give us a tip of the week for everybody. Um, I think um, my biggest tips I can always give everybody is self-care, you know, to make the time to to take care of yourself. And whether that would be a Reiki session or a massage session or just sitting and um, being with yourself. I think that's so important in this day and age because everybody seems to be, you know, running to the next task and, you know, trying to get everything done. And it's even if it's just 10 minutes a day, just taking to um, be with yourself. Um, I think that that's so important. Some uh, my our friend here from Philadelphia <laughs> now, you, you didn't start off as a tree hugger either, did you? I mean, you know. Would, when did you, you said you, you found massage therapy. Your first experience with massage was when? Um, 2000? Oh, no, that's when I was, that's when I graduated oh, massage cool. school. But my first uh, massage was probably in the 80s. Where? Um, in Philadelphia. In Philly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you, did you, where'd you go to massage school? Um, in Fort Collins, Colorado. Fort yeah. Collins. Mm-hmm. If um, anybody uh, wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Um, they can get in touch with me at my email address, which is, um, D as in Donna Hittinger, H-I-T-T-I-N-G-E-R at bcmt.org. .org. And we'll post that on our website. Oh, that'd be great. Anybody who didn't hear it. I have a question. Is there any website or association that gathers serious people doing Reiki. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know if somebody... Did you say the Reiki Association? If yeah. somebody in Seattle is looking to get a class, is there a website where they can look for masters around their area so they can take those trainings? Right, they can. And um, I think if they just do um, Reiki.org, that um, that association will come up come and that's yeah. with um, William Rand and they'll be able to find a master, um, find a practitioner, a practitioner or a master for training and classes mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Great. Any last thoughts? Um, we do uh, hold a Reiki share group. We'll be starting again this September at the college. And basically what that is, is anybody that's had any Reiki training that just wants to come in and work on other people or have people work on them. It's a, it's a great time. It's great energy. 
And sounds like um, a tune up. It's a total tune up. <laughs> your attunement once is forever, but you know, every once in a while, yeah, the tune up's exactly. not bad. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they usually have those in most communities. Most most large cities will have Reiki uh, share groups, is what they're called. So, mm. Jorge, that's another thing that somebody can look at is just a Reiki share group in um, in their community. Right? Excellent. Well, Donna, thank you for taking your time thank out you. of your busy day to join us and share information about Reiki. Uh, this you've been listening to the massage podcast please find us at the massage i'm sorry at www.massagepodcast.com leave us an email on our contact page or you can leave a voicemail or a text at 303-656-9860 follow us on facebook and twitter and come chat with us during live recordings I think we have an extra little show next week and with Dirk McQuistian, correct? correct? Yeah. And then we'll be back sometime after that, August 4th. Okay, everybody, have a great day and happy massaging. Thanks, Donna. Thanks for listening.